people out there who are trapped in quarantine right now, uh, which is probably none of us because it's America. Yeah, it's all over. <laughs> but theoretically, if you're trapped in quarantine, you know, maybe check out a phone booth, the 2002 Colin Farrell uh, vehicle, but directed by recently departed uh, filmmaker Joel Schumacher. Uh, it, it's qu it's quite adequate. Uh, 7.3 out of 10. Uh, <laughs> now on to the show. <laughs> Are we being sponsored by the Joel Schumacher estate? Is that what's going on? I mean, I wish, but no. We've been sponsored oh actually God. by the uh, Confederate Statue Association of America. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, bringing all your cheap fucking baubles to you. I, I never under, really understood the desire to have all the Confederate like statues around. <laughs> no, no offense, I don't believe in cheering for losers. That's why I don't cheer for Knicks. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm from New York. I'm from New York, so I understand the idea of like pride in your whatever your state. But I, I don't, I don't cheer for Knicks. So if I don't cheer for the Knicks, you can definitely not cheer for the Confederacy. The Knicks have a way better track record. I, I don't know. James Dolan's kind of like trash, like as a human being. Actually, speaking of losers, um, <laughs> this actually is a great segue into what I wanted to start with today, which is Amy Klobuchar. Because over the weekend or on Friday, I don't recall, uh, Amy Klobuchar came out and withdrew her... <laughs> You know, yeah, I know. Don't make that noise. <laughs> she, she withdrew her candidacy for vice president, much in the same way that I withdrew my candidacy for Aubrey Plaza's husband, um, and that it wasn't happening. And so I decided that I didn't want it anymore. Um, but, you know, I will say Amy Klobuchar, I, I she wasn't the greatest. She wasn't the. She wasn't my favorite primary candidate. But you know, it's hard to argue that she wasn't the worst out there. But you know, now that she's out of the equation altogether, um, you know, I'm forced to admit that maybe I was unduly hard on her. Now she was terrible, at, like they all were. However, she had a few redeeming qualities. The first, I would say, is her, was her unbridled hatred for <laughs> Pete Buttigieg. Um, yeah, she hated that <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. You know, if it, it was wasn't palpable, for, like, the, man. You just watch her on stage and it was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was just deep and seething. And he deserved it, right? Honestly, everyone was fully was fully prepared to treat uh, everyone was fully prepared to treat Pete Buttigieg as though he was just some sort of nice guy because he was using passive-aggressive corporate lingo. But she just, like, swatted right through it. And, frankly, if it wasn't for, like, that, you know, her righteous anger at Pete Buttigieg, uh, you know, during the debates, they would have been almost entirely devoid of emotion except for, like, Bernie Sanders, like, occasionally fucking begging Americans to stop being satisfied with eating dirt. <laughs> like, it would, just, it would have just been, like, like just a bunch of prepackaged speeches, some, like, Langston Hughes quotes, whatever Cory Booker was up to for the night, and then, like, us, just, like, us old man pleading with a bunch of, like, morons and hogs to just, like, please, please stop, like, throwing shit at each other. But, you know, luckily that was broken up by Amy Klobuchar's uh, hatred of Pete Buttigieg. You know, you don't see that. I was, you didn't go into the debates expecting that. 
Yeah, it wasn't something that was hyped up in the media uh, where conf- when conflict was basically the center of attention all the time. That particular conflict was not something that they like really seized on at all, as, even after it happened. But it was definitely very palpable. And as you said, like it wasn't like obviously Pete deserves like the the rage, but also the where it was coming from from Klobuchar was legitimate as well. In that like it was basically the the credibility. Uh, Mayor Pete was given uh, over far more qualified people and people that paid their dues to the Democratic machine far more than he ever had, basically, in, in the media also giving him that pass as well. And so, like, that, that there's like a legitimate kind of sexism and, uh, you know, that angle to it, but it's still, it's between Klobuchar and Pete. So it's hard to take seriously at the same time. With, I mean, yeah, it, it's the anger of the like the a woman VP, you know, who's making a hundred and fifty k a year, while her male counterpart, who's been there for less time, is already making a hundred and seventy five k. It's that anger, right? You know, it's almost completely inarticulable to like us, <laughs> but, <laughs> right? But it's it's real, and for a, a large part of America, you know, a, a large part of upper middle class America, it, it's the defining characteristic of like their you know their version of inequality, and so like. She was very serious, and she had a point. I think she was a hundred percent correct that Pete Buttigieg was getting by on a series of like thinly veiled gestures towards legitimacy and his Obama he, impersonation. You know, yeah, and his Obama impersonation, <laughs> like you know, and she was right that ha- had he been a woman, she he probably wouldn't have been up there, right? I mean, he didn't get very far, but like now that it's over, and I'm not trying to sabotage her run. To be perfectly honest. I, I gotta say, I don't care if she's abusing like you know DC staffers. I, I'm, I'm ambivalent. <laughs> I'm about that. Like I don't think I ever really made a big deal out of it. I mean, I thought it was like kind of uh, fucked up in the in the in the context of like Democratic Party. I mean, I understood why it appealed to a version of like you know that's that's the ultimate Karen thing. Why don't you just slap the shit out of the waiter waitress? At <laughs> you know, instead of, instead of just asking for the manager. So like I mean, really, it's the ult- it's the ultimate Karen move. It's ultimate alpha move in their circles but like you know i from my perspective it was just like yeah you know i could see why this would appeal to the rank and file karens this is like their apotheosis at (laughs) yeah you know like the the betas like the bit or i don't know what what the kappas the kappa karens whatever like the little rank and file you want to call them i'm not i'm not a master of the greek language it's i i just I get a little smile every time I think about her abusing some lanyards, I have to admit. <laughs> she wasn't my candidate, but I think that in a sea of snake oil salesmen, she was the only person who was like legit trying to sell you just like manure and came into, t- came into town and was like, I'm selling you shit. And you know what? I'm not going to hide it. Some people want shit. Some people have only wanted shit all their lives, and some people are going to be happy with this shit. And like for you know, a lot of, not a lot of people were, but I think she over. She, hey, I hate to say it, she overperformed in in, in certain states. She overperformed in Elizabeth uh, Warren state. And hey, she she got the half of the endorsement from the New York Times for whatever that's worth. Well, <laughs> nothing. Right, I, I mean, mean I can't, she was literally running on "fuck you, we can't have nice things," and she was the only one who was willing to say it. Yeah, but she yeah she didn't tell me she was she didn't tell me she believed in Medicare for all. She didn't tell me she believed she believed in Medicare for all who wanted. It. She said she didn't she didn't like that shit. <laughs> like I mean I, that that makes her not my candidate, but it made it, it, it <laughs> I, I, no one was confused. 